What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, Divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we're going over the Chargers, and I've got some interesting points that we're going to go over here, but we got to look, of course, as always, at the personnel changes, but before I get into all that, hope you guys have stayed safe, especially if you're in Florida. Hopefully, we made it through the storm. Hopefully, it got redirected and not redirected into another state or somewhere else where it's damaging to people. Hopefully it just, you know, didn't hit people too hard. Hope everyone's all right, but just wanted to get that out the way and hope you guys all had a happy 4th of July. We have independence, which is amazing, and we're able to have all the freedom that we have in the United States. But with that said, let's get into the personnel changes for the Chargers. All right, Brandon Staley is the new head coach for the Chargers, and he is the defensive coordinator from the Los Angeles Rams. And it was actually pretty funny because I was thinking about it Think about this. You're a coach in the NFL, and you're getting hired to now be a head coach from a coordinator. You're probably changing cities, and you have to do all this work, you know, get a new house, move all the stuff that you need moved, yada, yada, put your kids in new school, blah, 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 all that stuff. Brandon Staley literally stayed in the same stadium. (laughs) Like, that's so crazy to me. Like, that's so weird. I wonder if that played a part in him accepting that job over some other candidates he was probably mulling over, but... Nevertheless, he is now in charge of this team, and that's obviously going to impact some of these projections. Their offensive coordinator is Joe Lombardi. He was the Saints quarterback coach in New Orleans, obviously. And uh, reportedly, this team is going to have a lot of similarities to the New Orleans offense. So that's also something that's going to help us with these projections. Now, looking into some actual personnel changes in terms of the offensive skill players, they drafted a sleeper of mine, Running back Larry Roundtree, he could possibly be the number two in a year, maybe this year, maybe next year, behind Austin Eckler. So I think he's worth a, a late late round stash in not really redraft leagues unless he starts doing good in, in camp and we get some reports in that light. But for dynasty purposes, if you didn't have your dynasty draft for some reason or if you're doing a dynasty startup, this is a nice guy to take a shot at. You know, close your eyes, put a blindfold on, throw the dart at the dartboard. You might hit the bullseye with Larry Roundtree. They also lost tight end Hunter Henry, but they replaced him with two people. They signed tight end Jared Cook, and they drafted another sleeper of mine, tight end Trey McKitty. And you guys have heard me talk about how this was somebody who I actually played basketball with. He was on my basketball team in high school. He's a pretty cool dude, pretty funny guy, and... I actually really like his skills. I think, and this is, I'm very good at not being biased, so in no way am I doing that. But he was not properly used, it seemed like, in college. You know, he didn't get the opportunities he should have. He didn't get the targets he should have. And I think he has a role to play in this offense. It might not be big year one, but I think in year two, year three, which we already know tight ends take a while to come around, I think that he could be somebody who's making an impact. And if they really unlock his receiving ability, he could be actually fantasy relevant. So he's another person that you can 
throw a dart at the dartboard for, and see if he can hit the bullseye. And Jared Cook, he's going to be the stand-in for this year at least. He's going to be the main guy there, so that's who we're going to be projecting. Not going to project for Trey McKitty, but just keep your eye out for him. He's one of those sleepers that I like a lot. Now, the biggest change of this team, in my opinion, that's very good for Justin Herbert. Drafted left tackle in the first round, Rayshon Slater. Awesome, beautiful, built in the trenches for your young quarterback. Then they added, well, before this... They added right tackle, Matt Feeler. They added center, Corey Lindsley. That is three new starters on the offensive line. The offensive line was the biggest weakness of this team last year. And despite it, Justin Herbert was able to produce a great rookie season. Now, his offensive line is going to be way better. It's ranked 18th by PFF. I think it's going to be a little bit better than that. Maybe not to start, but as they gel, as they mesh, it should get better. But overall, and especially moving forward, because Slater's obviously a rookie and Filer and Lindsley are new to the team as well, so, you know, there's going to be some chemistry issues in the beginning, but moving forward, I think it's going to be a nice offensive line for Justin Herbert eventually, and they're like one piece away, really, from just having a very good offensive line if all of the additions that they made this year turn out to benefit them. So I really, really like that, and that's also something that's going to, that's going to play a huge factor for these projections. Now looking to the defensive side of the ball, they released Casey Hayward, and they probably, hopefully, have Derwin James healthy for a whole season. Please. I love the dude. And I was rooting for him back in the day to be a buck. But we got Vita Vey in that draft. So no qualms about that. No complaints. We won the Super Bowl, I think, because of Vita Vea and the pressure he you know, brings inside the pocket. It completely changes our defensive line. But their defensive line, speaking of, is ranked 20th. And it's kind of because they need Jerry Tillery to turn it around. If he does turn around, it'll be a little bit better than that. And then they have the 14th ranked secondary, all of these provided by PFF as usual. Now let's look at some trends and some history. This team last year passed the ball 57% of the time, and they did it off 1,093 plays. That is a lot. That is a lot of plays. It's probably going to come down, especially with a defensive-minded head coach. Also, you look at Joe Lombardi, who is now their offensive coordinator, remember, from New Orleans. He passed the ball 51% of the time last year in New Orleans. Now you have to think about the fact that this team is going to have a healthier defense, a reloaded coaching staff with a defensive-minded head coach. I expect for these reasons and a better-built offensive line that should be able to make the run game even more potent, I expect a less pass-happy approach. Justin Herbert was throwing the ball 39 times a game last year. That is ridiculous just like Joe Burrow but unlike the the Bengals the Chargers actually did some smart moves and added to the offensive line for Herbert and I think it's gonna bring his pass attempts down a bit and this team has a way better defense than the Bengals do that's why the Bengals are probably gonna still be passing 40 times a game so I'm projecting for the Chargers a 55% pass mark that's higher than what Joe Lombardi was doing in New Orleans, remember 51%, but lower than what they did last year, 57%. So 55% pass for me for this team. And I'm also decreasing their total plays on offense from 68 plays a game to 66.5. That's bringing their total plays broken down into 617 passes, 504 runs. Let's break down the runs for Justin Herbert. As we get into projecting him. 62 runs for 273 yards and 5 touchdowns. That's what I'm projecting this year. It's pretty similar to last year. But he's got 2 extra games to do it. So I feel comfortable with that. And I also think 
you know, the benefit of having a better offensive line is he can stay in the pocket a little bit more, more likely that he throws instead of running. And that's why I think I'm not going to give him, you know, extra yardage, extra touchdowns because of the extra game. I'm going to keep it where it's at. 617 passes. So what is he going to do with that? He was really good last year. Very, very good. And usually when you have such a good rookie year, it's very hard to project much of an improvement. But the huge offensive line improvements, I think, should help him lead to better efficiency. Because the only key loss was Hunter Henry. He still has all the other weapons. He's still got Keenan Allen. He's still got, who's one of the best route runners in the league. He's still got Mike Williams, a great 50-50 guy. And yeah, he lost Hunter Henry, but Jared Cook's not that far off. Austin Eckler's still there. And he's got a better coaching staff. So it's tough because you want to bring some marks down, but then you're looking at all of the offensive line improvements and he didn't really lose anything anywhere else. It's hard to do so too much. And in fact, I think I'm going to give him a little bit of a bump. I'm going to keep his completion rate the same, but I'm going to bump his yards per reception because he's going to have more time in the pocket. He's going to let guys get a little bit farther downfield. He's going to have opportunities to move on to a deeper, uh, oh my goodness, deeper read. I couldn't think of the word read. A deeper read because he's got more time to do so. He's got time to let them get open. So I think his yards per reception is going to, or yards per completion is going to go up, but I'm keeping the completion rate the same. I'm projecting a 66.5% completion rate for 11.3 yards per completion and a 5.1 touchdown rate. We usually have, a lot of you guys are going to say, sophomore slump, sophomore slump. It's true. We, we really do have that pretty often. We saw it from many good rookie year quarterbacks, some to name a few, that have been pretty recent, Dak Prescott, Baker Mayfield. Even if you just look at the second year as a starter, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, both of their second years, while still good, were definitely a step down from their first full year as a starter. But like I said, all of that is going to be combated by the three new starters on the offensive line. So let's move into Austin Eckler. He had a 18% target share from Justin Herbert last year. If you take the game's out that he missed obviously you don't want to project the target share for him over the whole season that was played by the Chargers because he missed some games so if you just look at the games he played in he had an 18% target share he should assume that Alvin Kamara role so I don't see that 18% target share changing because that's always been around what Alvin Kamara was at there's no significant weapons that weren't there last year so it's not like I can just give him a huge bump. Like Hunter Henry leaving is not going to be a huge bump for Austin Eckler. But they also didn't add anybody ridiculous. So further, that's just further compounding why his target share should be very good and very high, healthy. He should be in the running for most receptions among running backs in the league. Now, Christian McCaffrey's probably going to take that mantle. Maybe uh, DeAndre Swift. Now that you guys have listened to that podcast, I can say that. But... Austin Eckler is going to definitely be in that conversation. Alvin Kamara, if we're continuing to look at this New Orleans offense, as everyone is saying we should be doing, Alvin Kamara usually hovered around 50% of the running back carries. Well, if we gave Austin Eckler 48% of the running back carries, that's 212, based off what I have projected after you take out Herberts. The offensive line improvements should also help Eckler be as efficient as he always has been. His career average yards per carry is 47 And in his career, think about what he's been working with. He had, yes, a great Justin Herbert last year, but a horrible offensive line. And then before that, he had Phillip Rivers, who, let's be honest, has not been super great in the past couple years for the Chargers. 
So this year should be the best offense Austin Eckler has been in. And I think because of that, it's safe to give him a yards per carry higher than his career average of 4.7. So I'm projecting 4.8 up by 2 from 4.6 last year, or 0.2, I should say. He also has huge, and this is very important about Austin Eckler, he has huge potential if he is the red zone rusher. And if that happens, it will bump his rushing touchdowns a lot. The one thing Eckler has always lacked has been career touchdowns. And usually it was because of Melvin Gordon. But last year, he was the the lone lonesome running back, really, that was you know getting the bulk of touchdown work, yet he still did not get many. And I think we could definitely see that change. He's only got nine touchdowns in a four-year career. I, I believe it's nine rushing touchdowns, excuse me, not nine total. But nine rushing touchdowns in a four-year career. That is not very good. But Kamara... In the same stint, they both came in the league the same year. Alvin Kamara has 43 rushing touchdowns in the last four years. And he dominated carries inside the five-yard line. Alvin Kamara was not just their receiving back and somebody who took half of the carries and they're like worried about him getting banged up or anything and they, they pull him out in short yardage, boom-boom situations. That was not the case. And if they take that approach for Austin Eckler and Austin Eckler obvious, or all of a sudden has a huge opportunity for high touchdowns double digit touchdowns I'm not joking when I say Austin Eckler could be the RB1 not a RB1 that's locked in already he could be the RB1 so he's a first round pick you could lock it in and you'll see what I have projected for him later on where he's at who he's around but he's going to be very very good and I'm excited for for Austin Eckler I'm giving him six rushing touchdowns that's pretty low, especially if we're trying to compare this offense to what the Saints had with Alvin Kamara. So I'm only giving him six rushing touchdowns and still getting a decent receiving touchdowns. I got him at four. So he's got 10 touchdowns total in my projection in 17 games. Now let's move to the wide receivers. We've got Keenan Allen to start with. When healthy, he had a 27% target share with Justin Herbert. That has no reason to change. Absolutely no reason to change. Like I said, not any key additions here in the receiving game. And if anything, they lost Hunter Henry. You could say maybe Keenan gets more. I wouldn't say that because I think Jared Cook's going to basically pick that role up completely. But Keenan Allen, you just got to keep it same, same. And I want to say also that if we're going to beat the Saints comparison to death, I know everyone is saying, oh, Michael Thomas, that role, that X role on the outside is getting given to Mike Williams. Okay, but is Mike Williams going to get a 30% target share like Michael Thomas? Obviously not. If anything, Keenan Allen is more like Michael Thomas, not in terms of what he's doing on the field and where he's lining up, because Michael Thomas was only in the slot for like 15% of the time, and Keenan Allen was in the slot for 50% of the time. But in regards to the fact that Michael Thomas is a good route runner, Keenan Allen is a good route runner. Michael Thomas has great hands. Keenan Allen has very good hands. And Keenan Allen is by far the best wide receiver on his team, just like Michael Thomas. So honestly, I'm looking at it more in this light. Michael Thomas was the number one wide receiver clearly on his team, and he was getting a 30% target share. Well, or around that range. Keenan Allen is the clear number one wide receiver, so he should still get a huge target share. I'm not freaking out about this Mike Williams chatter about him taking the Michael Thomas role because in no way is the volume of that role going to follow him. So I got Keenan Allen just about at that same 27% and he might be one of those guys that leads the NFL in targets. 
He and Calvin Ridley, I think right now, are probably the two that have the highest shot of doing so. DeAndre Hopkins will always be in the conversation. Devontae Adams, if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, will probably be the person who takes that mantle. But those are four of probably maybe, I can't even think of who I'd be forgetting that has a chance to contest those guys. I guess Stephon Diggs, actually, that's a good one. So one of those five guys, Keenan Allen being one of them, could lead the NFL in targets. Justin Herbert also will have more time in the pocket. So that should help Keenan be a little bit more efficient on yards per reception. So I raised that a little bit. Now let's talk about Mike Williams himself. We were talking about him kind of here and there, but my actual projection for him is pretty decent. It's it's not horrible. It's not great. I'm not super high on him. I'm not one of those guys that says, hey, you need to get Mike Williams. He's being super undervalued, but I'm also not staying away from him if you get what I'm saying. He had a 14% target share last year, just about. I you know I round a little bit here and there, but about 14% target share last year. I really think that this offense target share wise is going to be pretty similar as it was last year. Just the volume will be a little bit down because I think, like I said earlier, they're going to be a little bit more run heavy. I'm giving Mike Williams a 16% target share because of the buzz in camp that you know, hey, he's looking really good and the coaching staff likes him a lot. Yada yada. So because of that, I'm giving him a 2% bump from last year. Now let's talk about Jared Cook and then we'll wrap it all together. Jared Cook, well, he's obviously playing tight end, so where did the tight end, or how did the tight end do in LA for the Chargers last year? Hunter Henry had about a 16.5% target share. If we just gave that straight up to Jared Cook, he's being undervalued, and he's, hey, he's doing really good, but I'm going to dip it down a little bit because he's new to the team, and he wasn't signed to like some super expensive deal. They don't have a huge commitment to him, so I'm giving him a 14% target share. He was also in New Orleans last year with Lombardi, who is now the offensive coordinator. So keep that in mind. Obviously, he liked the guy for him to bring him over. He should, and that should lead to a good role. This team does have wild cards, though. They have wild cards at tight end. A lot of people like Donald Parnum, and you guys know I like Trey McKitty. So that's also a reason why I'm putting that target share down from 16.5, which Hunter Henry had, to 14. But he is a decent late tight end target still, even though he's going to be probably lesser than Hunter Henry was last year for them. So with that said, what are the actual numerical projections I have for these guys? Justin Herbert, 617 passes, 410 completions, 4,636 yards, 31 passing touchdowns, 62 rushes for 273 yards and five touchdowns. So I've got 36 touchdowns total for Justin Herbert. That is just over two per game. And you know, some of those touchdowns are rushes. So that's going to help him in regular standard, you know, four point per passing touchdown leagues. He does have a little bit of an edge there because he does run it in here, here and there. Keenan Allen, I have 170 targets. Like I said, he's going to be one of the people that is in the running for leading the NFL. 119 receptions, 1,283 yards. That's part of the reason why he catches so much of his balls is because they're not too deep down the field. Obviously, 119 receptions for just under 1,300 yards is not crazy. And then nine touchdowns. Mike Williams, I have at 99 targets, 54 receptions, 880 yards, and six touchdowns. Jared Cook at 86 targets, 54 receptions, 626 yards, and six touchdowns. And before I get into Austin Eckler, let's talk about where they land fantasy-wise between these receivers and Herbert. Justin Herbert, I have at 21.7 points per game. He's right behind Matthew Stafford and right above Justin Fields, who I projected for 16 games. Keenan Allen at 17.7 points per game, right behind DeAndre Hopkins, just over, just over Justin Jefferson. 
Mike Williams at 10.5 points per game. He is between Rashad Bateman and Rondale Moore. And Jared Cook at 9 points per game right behind Irv Smith. The reason I say, because you guys know I'm not super high on Irv Smith, the reason I say I think Jared Cook is a decent late tight end target is because I only have him projected for six touchdowns. He could get nine. It's possible. And he could also get a higher target share than the 14% I'm projecting. I didn't really see that as a route for Irv Smith. So that was part of the reason I didn't say the same things about Irv Smith. But lastly, we have Austin Eckler. He is the star of the show for this team. I think he's going to be the most valuable for everyone. Austin Eckler, I have at 111 targets off that 18% target share. That's 90 receptions, 756 receiving yards, and four receiving touchdowns. I have him for 212 carries, just under half of the carries to the running backs. 1,018 yards off those carries and six touchdowns. So all in all, I have him at almost exactly 1,008, or sorry, almost exactly 1,000, yeah, and 800 yards. So it's like 1,780. So just over 100 yards total per game and 10 total touchdowns. That's what I have for Austin Eckler. I think that's completely reasonable. And guess where that puts him? Right behind Dalvin Cook, right above Najee Harris. Right now, Austin Eckler is my RB2. Now, we haven't done Camaro, We haven't done Barkley. We haven't done Zeke. We haven't done McCaffrey and uh, Jonathan Taylor, but I don't think he'll be that high. So those are the only guys that might slide that I, I can think of off the top of my head in front of Austin Eckler that we haven't done yet. So He's pretty much a locked in for me top six running back this year, and he's not being drafted that way. And he's one of the people that carries the least amount of risk. We talk about Ivan Kamara, and the Saints are probably going to be the absolutely last team I project because nobody seems to have any clue who the quarterback is going to be, and that's going to change the projections for every single position player, every single receiver, every single running back. Alvin Kamara, if Jameis is playing, could be really good. If Taysom is playing, he'll be a little less good. And if Michael Thomas, same thing, but we're not talking about the receivers. I'm not going to get into that conversation. We'll have it eventually, but uh, Alvin Kamara obviously has his question marks. Zeke, I think he's also one of the safer ones, uh, like Austin Eckler, but he still has question marks. Some people think he's not the same Zeke anymore. Some people are worried that they're going to be so pass-heavy that Zeke's not going to get the volume he was used to. Some people are worried that Tony Pollard might take more off of his plate because Tony Pollard was more efficient in the same offense last year. So... There's some questions there. Barkley has huge injury questions, and he's not going to be a target hog anymore because there's so many receiving weapons over there. And that offensive line is absolute garbage. And Christian McCaffrey, some people might be worried about his injury history. So we've got so many questions on these top running backs this year. I don't think there's really any for Austin Eckler. So he's one of my favorite people to pick this year. And just keep that in mind. He's he's safe, and he's got just as good of a ceiling as anybody else. So that's my case for Eckler, basically. And thank you guys for tuning in, listening to the projections on the Chargers. And I would say go Bolts because it seems like it fits the Chargers, but I'm only saying that because Tampa Bay Lightning, as of time of recording, have not brought it home yet, but hopefully they do. And Tampa just ha- has a repeat a repeat championship winner in a sport. And maybe, maybe my Bucks can do it again, but I'm not going to you know, bore you guys with my Tampa talk because I know most of you guys are not Tampa fans listening. So thank you guys for tuning in. As always, have a good one. Stay safe. Peace.